Welcome to Birth Naturally. I'm Kaylee. And I'm Kate. And we are sisters having a conversation about everything from med-free birth to natural parenting. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode. So today I'm chatting with Chelsea about her two births. Um, Her first was medicated birth in a hospital and then she decided she wanted to try for a natural birth with her second. So that's really what we're focusing on. It is, uh, she barely made it to the hospital in time. Her husband was literally speeding to the hospital and barely made it truly like you have to hear her her trip into the hospital it's pretty wild but um she talks about how much of a quicker recovery she had with her natural birth which I think is always so interesting to hear the difference in recovery times but I actually felt that exact same way um, with my medicated hospital births compared to my home birth, which I just felt like I recovered so much quicker. So yeah, I can totally understand that side of things. And but it's always here. It's always interesting to hear someone else's point of view on that. So yeah, um, I hope that you guys enjoy my conversation with Chelsea. And Also, on another note, um, in case you didn't already hear, you can now subscribe for more episodes of Birth Naturally, so you'll get an extra two episodes a month. So I'll be talking with guests about pregnancy, parenthood, birth stories, and who knows what else, honestly, at this point. But I have some really fun and interesting chats coming up, and... I just, I really want them to be fun and lighthearted and and for you guys to just enjoy listening. So if you have any interest in being a part in one of these episodes and talking about one of these topics, I'd love to have you. So you can email me, birthnaturallypodcast at gmail.com, send a DM. Uh, yeah, and we can find a time to chat. So again, if you want to subscribe, you can just click the link in the bio. That'll take you right to the page to subscribe. And it is only $2.99 a month, which I feel like is a pretty good deal. So thank you so much to everyone who chooses to subscribe. And if you want to help in a different way, a really quick and easy way, just give a five-star rating on Apple iTunes or Spotify, wherever you listen. Uh, That would be very much appreciated. So yeah, enjoy today's episode, guys. I have been listening to Audible for years. It just started with a free trial and my favorite Ellen Hildebrand book. And then once I realized how much I could accomplish in a day, like cooking for the kids, cleaning, organizing the house, you name it, um, while being entertained, I was hooked. It has all of my favorite fiction books, but it also has our favorite books on natural birth, like Mindful Hypnobirthing, Birth Without Fear, Birthing From Within, Natural Childbirth The Bradley Way, just to name a few. If you use my link, you can get 30 days free of Audible. Just go to audibletrial.com slash birth naturally. And I suggest starting with Ina May's Guide to Childbirth if you haven't already, because that is a listener favorite. So once again, just go to audibletrial.com slash birth naturally for 30 days free. 
Welcome, Chelsea. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Why don't you start by telling listeners a little bit about you and your family? Yeah. So um, my husband is in the Air Force. And so we move pretty regularly. And currently we are living in the United Kingdom in Cambridge. Um, I love it here. It's beautiful. And yeah, we're just living our best lives, traveling Europe as much as we can get around. Yeah, that sounds pretty nice. (laughs) Yeah. And we have a little two-year-old, my first daughter, and then we have a one-month-old, just turned one month. Oh my gosh. Congratulations. Wow. I didn't realize you you had such a tiny little one with you. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So when did you guys decide to start your family and how was your journey to getting pregnant with your first? Yeah. So I, my husband and I had been married for a couple of years and we had talked about, um, maybe, you know, trying in about a year. Um, so we had already been married two years. We were talking about trying the the following year, but I went out for coffee with a friend and she was talking about how they were trying. And I was, had all these reservations like, oh, but I want to travel still. I want to do this. I want to do that. And she kept saying things. Well, like you can travel with kids or like you can still go on dates with your husbands when you have kids. And like, and everything she was saying as she was saying it, I was like, you know what? She's so right. (laughs) So I came home and I was like, guess what, Ben? (laughs) I'm ready to start trying. And he freaked out. He was like, absolutely not. What are you talking about? You're insane. Um, But, you know, I just kept working on him and I said, you know, how about we talk about it again um, in about a month? I'll let you think on it, you know? And so we thought about it a little bit more. We prayed about it and he did not come around in one month. That doesn't always work out (laughs) quickly. (laughs) Um, But when we did talk about it the following month, he was like, okay, I would be ready to start trying in the next three-ish months. And so it was like, great. So like, Three months to the day I went off the pill. I was like, let's go. It is time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, that was a fun journey. And so we, we tried for about four months the first time and we got pregnant and we actually sadly had a miscarriage at about six weeks. Mm -hmm. And that was like really hard and sad. Um, But within four months after that miscarriage, we got pregnant with our first daughter. And so I was really thankful for that. And mm-hmm. yeah. So. Wow. Awesome. That's such a, that's such a funny little story that your, yeah. your coffee with your friend just changed your whole timeline. <laughs> oh yeah. Totally flipped everything. My husband's like, what are you talking? You're crazy. Like what? <laughs> we have a plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. So um, how was your pregnancy with your first? And then why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, what you wanted out of that birth? Yeah. So with my first, I had the all day sickness. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very miserable. I had just started a new job. We were living in um, New Mexico at the time and I already didn't really super like the job. And then I got pregnant and I was like, never threw up, but felt like I was going to throw up constantly. Mm-hmm couldn't eat most foods, had a lot of aversions. And my, 
boss was just not super understanding. So I was very miserable. And so I quit. And then <laughs> I just remember being at home a lot, walking my dog and watching a lot of the great British baking show. I do not know why, <laughs> but I mean, I love I, that show. <laughs> yeah. It's such a great show. It's it a is. great relaxing show. So that ended up being really good for me in the pregnancy, at least the first trimester, you know, the magical second trimester comes around. And like they say, like, I didn't even feel pregnant anymore. It was so lovely. Mm -hmm. Like I was out hiking the mountains in Albuquerque. I was like just living my absolute best life. And I was a little bit concerned, like, is something wrong with me? But no, I was still pregnant. It was all good. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think really from the first trimester, it was really good. <laughs> my first pregnancy, you know, until you just get to the very end when you're so uncomfortable and you can't sleep and yeah. um, had, you know, the typical things, a lot of heartburn. But other than that, it was really good pregnancy. Mm -hmm. um, no complications whatsoever. Oh, awesome. Um, but at right at the end of our pregnancy is when we were scheduled to move to the United Kingdom. So we roll in 34 weeks pregnant. We don't oh have a place gosh. to live. I'm like, we have to find a home before I'm bringing this baby home. Like I am mm -hmm. not bringing this baby home to the temporary, you know, base housing that they provided for us. So we're just scrambling to find somewhere to live. We end up getting a place. Um, and I think the whole time with my pregnancy, you know, I had been living in the States and my expectation was always just, um, you know, I'm going to labor at home as long as possible, as far as I feel like I can make it. And then I'm going to go to the hospital and get the epidural. Mm -hmm. Like that was my whole plan always. Like I never, I didn't do any research. I didn't. I was just always planning to get pain medication. Yeah, well, um, I I was the same way with my first, so I can totally understand that. Yeah, thinking. yeah. There how was, was just, that? I mean, I guess you had care lined up, and but how is that changing doctors at thirty four weeks? Like, I can't imagine moving to a new country at that time in, in your pregnancy. Yeah, so it wasn't super a lot of fun. I will just say that <laughs> I I. I guess something that I didn't mention with my first pregnancy was I had three different OBs during that time okay. because we lived in New Mexico, but then when we were moving was right after Christmas. So for Christmas, we went home to be with our family and we were in Texas for like a month or two. Mm -hmm. And since it was so near the end of my pregnancy, I like needed to go and I ended up getting COVID. This was back in 2020 before there was like a vaccine out or anything. Mm -hmm. So then they were like, oh my gosh, you have COVID and you're pregnant. Like we need to do no stress tests like every week. So oh, I was going into the OB like every week to do no stress tests. And then we moved to the UK. And mm -hmm. so it was a wild ride to say the least. But yeah. I think what's really lovely about the military is they take really good care of their people. And so as soon as I came on base, they were like, oh, you're 34 weeks pregnant. Like, we'll get you in. Like, it was no problem at all. Okay, um, okay. But it was, there was no, like, certainty of, like, who would deliver my baby or, like, seeing the same person and then them being the same one to deliver. It was just, like, we have a slew of OBs and whoever is here when you roll mm -hmm. up, like, that is who's going to deliver your baby type right. deal. 
So at um, least you, you didn't have like a really good relationship with any one OB that you had to move to. Like you were just used to seeing whoever could see you at that yeah, point. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. So yeah. So that with that being my mindset, like that's exactly what happened. I mean, we were at home. I had had a lot of Braxton Hicks, like sometimes to the point where they would be all day long and I'd be like, this is it. Like I'm going to labor. And then they would just go away. Um, so the day I actually had our daughter, I was having what I thought was Braxton Hicks in the night because they weren't severe. They were like super irregular and they, like I could sleep through them. Mm -hmm. Um, but come like 6am, my water broke in our bed. And it wasn't a big dramatic gush or anything like that. It was just like spurt, spurt. And I was mm -hmm. like, hmm, that was weird. And I get up and my husband is like wrestling around. He was like, what are you doing? Like, why are you getting up so early? And I'm like, I think my water just broke. And he's like, really? And he like rolls back the sheets and is like looking. He's like, that little thing? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I was like, I think it did. And then my contractions started like kind of kicking up into gear. And so um, we, since we live in Cambridge, but the base is in this little town that's like 35 minutes north of here. And we were to have our daughter on the base. So we started, we got in the car and started driving because I was like, yeah, this is starting to hurt. Like, let's go. Right after my water broke, I think it got really intense really quickly. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, we just, we drove up to the base. I remember being in the car, being in labor just sucked. Like was oh, the absolute gosh. worst. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not fun. Um, just a fun little thing about, you know, having a baby on a military installation is that, you know, you have to show your ID to get through the gate and all that kind of thing. And we, we rolled in right when work was starting at like seven 30 in the morning. So there is literally a mile long of cars to like mm. get in the gate. And in my mind, I was like, I need fast and furious right now, babe. Like, I don't need you to be waiting in this line. But <laughs> he was just like, cool as a cucumber, just sitting there. And I was just laboring and like moaning and like, oh, so anyway, we got to the hospital. My whole mindset the in the car on the way there was just, you know, if I just get to the hospital, like they'll help me. If I get to the <laughs> hospital, they will help me. Meaning like, they will give me something for the pain. Right. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so... We got to the hospital and they were like, oh, yeah, that is amniotic fluid. And oh, you're six centimeters dilated. Like, yep. And what would you like to do for pain management? And I was like, the epidural, like pronto, like yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, they gave me the IV, they gave me the epidural. And I mean, I was an absolute bliss. I mm -hmm. don't have any type of horror story or anything to that nature. I just was like sleeping through labor. <laughs> My <laughs> sweet husband is just like playing music and like reading me Bible verses. And it was just so peaceful. And um, they would like come and put me on the peanut ball and then flip me the other way. And then they were like, oh, do you feel like you want to push? And I was like, no. And they're like, okay, well, you're fully dilated. So we're going to, we're going to try. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was one of those epidurals where like you know I think if they get it just right you can feel the pressure still mm -hmm. but not the pain and I did not have I just felt nothing right like absolutely nothing I was mm -hmm. I was pushing when they told me to push they were watching the monitor and telling me when I was having contractions and I just 
And I think it really slowed things down ultimately because yeah. we, we got there at seven 30 in the morning and I was six centimeters, but I didn't have her till 5 PM, but I started pushing at two. So I pushed <sighs> for three hours. I think when, yeah, when that epidural is like really intense like that, it's hard to know how to push. It's like, you don't know, you don't even know how hard you're pushing. (laughs) Yeah. Doing like too much or way too little. It's just, yeah. And I I was like, yeah, it makes it hard. Well, and I was just like, am I even doing this right? Like they, you know, they, they told me I was, but I was like, I don't, I literally can't feel anything down there. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, but it was lovely because um, since we were having her in the UK and the base employs like a lot of local people, the only people in the room when I was having her were like a midwife, a nurse's assistant and my husband. Mm-hmm. So like the nurse's assistant and Ben were holding up my legs while I was pushing. Mm-hmm. And then the midwife was like doing perennial massage for like the whole three hours while I was pushing. Um, however, in the end, I did still tear like a first degree. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just again, because I couldn't feel like what mm-hmm. I was doing down there, I had no sense of like, if it was too hard or the yeah. wrong way or whatever. And so, um, and then I think also Ben and I were just in shock. Like I was numb literally from the epidural and I had pushed like forever and they pull her out and they put her on me and I, we we're just like looking at her, like, who is this? Like, yeah (laughs) not that it wasn't like beautiful and magical it was but I think we were a little bit like what yeah plus you were probably so exhausted like pushing for three hours it's like at that point you're just in a daze like (laughs) yeah yeah so So, yeah that's (laughs) that's I know it really is weird um I remember feeling that same way with my first too like I was completely numb had no idea what I was doing and by the time she came, I was so exhausted. I could buy, I could barely keep my eyes open. <laughs> so I know that yeah. feeling very wow. well, just being like, oh, there's a baby now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. <laughs> Can I go to sleep now? <laughs> right. <laughs> now I need a nap, actually. Um, so, you know, you had that experience and it sounds like it went, you know, pretty well and pretty relaxing once you made it to the hospital. So what kind of changed for your second, like what impacted your decision? Like, okay, maybe we want to do things a little bit differently next time. Yeah. So I think honestly, it was a perspective and a mindset shift for me. So having lived in the States, I think a lot of us just expect to have pain management at our fingertips, you know, like whatever we want, whatever we need, like, and that's fine. And I'm so thankful that we do have those options, but here in like all of Europe, everyone just gives birth naturally. And like, that is the norm. Mm-hmm. And they expect to like go to the hospital and like, just do it. And then if they absolutely cannot, then they'll get something to help them. And so And another cool thing is here, um, there is this option called gas and air. Mm -hmm. And it's literally like the laughing gas they would give you, like, say, if you were getting dental work done, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't go past the placenta. And so it totally doesn't affect the baby. And it is administered, like self-administered. So you Mm -hmm. put on the mask, take it off whenever your contractions are coming, blah, blah, blah. So in my mind, I was like, oh, you know, if like worse comes to worse, like I will try that. So I think 
just having lived here for two years, like it kind of calmed down. We have like a house, a stable place to live. We were more established. And once we got pregnant the second time, I was like, you know what? I think, I think I'm going to try and like do it the European way almost. But, like <laughs> Just go medication free. Like I think, I really uh-huh. think that I would like, like that. And I think a little bit too is kind of, I was telling you the experience with my daughter, Ellie, when they put her on my chest, I was just like, this is a stranger. Like what just happened? Like mm-hmm. just very groggy, very much in shock. And I, I didn't, I wanted to have more of the experience where I was like really proud of myself for mm-hmm. what I had done and like just emotional to have my baby there on my right. chest. And like, I just wanted a different experience. And so I think that is those two things were like kind of what moved me into the natural realm and be like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do some research. I'm going to like figure this out and see if it's something that I am interested in. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, it was really just a perspective shift of like being like, actually, you know, our bodies are made to do this. Like we, we can do it. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. What kind of research did you do? Like what worked for you? Yeah. So I listened to your podcast a lot. I loved hearing all the <laughs> stories. Um, I read Ina May's guide to childbirth, which everyone recommends. And honestly, mm-hmm. it was so great. It was a little granola for me. It's, there are some things in there that I was like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, I agree. But still highly recommend, like, I think it's just so intriguing. The mm-hmm. things that she says that help with labor that I would have never known about. Um, mm-hmm. and then I just had a friend also in the States who had given birth naturally, like medication free and she recommended a couple youtube channels and so those were helpful because one was a NICU nurse and one was a doula and they talked a lot about breathing techniques which that was really helpful for me um just knowing how to breathe through Mm -hmm. labor because you think like oh it's a natural process like my body will just kick into gear and know what to do oh i did not feel that way with my first like people said things like just ride the contractions like a wave and like mm-hmm. let them wash over you and I was like I don't know what the heck they're talking about this person <laughs> like and like was not breathing correctly was not no. I don't even know I was breathing at all like I don't really know what was going on <laughs> um so just ha- knowing all that stuff on the back end and being aware of that was just so helpful and I I also you know because we are military and we're on the military like healthcare, I knew that I was going to have the baby like on the base hospital. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, you know, if I want to go like medication free, but I'm going to have this baby in the hospital, I think my best shot is to hire a doula because mm-hmm. though my husband has been to the first birth, he doesn't know what to do. Like he's like, <laughs> I love him, but <laughs> I don't know that he's fully equipped to like, you know, help me as much as a, like a doula would. So I hired yeah. a doula as well. And she was like, oh, so lovely. And she had also just a bunch of resources that she brought over and like this deck of 50 cards that was like how to help a woman in labor and like made, you know, me and my partner try them and a lot, a lot of massage, a lot of like counter pressure, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, that was kind of the prep work I did. And I think when I started out, I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to listen to a couple podcasts. I'm going to read a couple books. And then like, 
something will switch in my mind and I'll be like, I'm ready to do this natural mm-hmm. birth. And mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think that there's a point where you're like, I'm ready, I'm prepared. But I right. think there is like a gradual shift of like, my mindset was more like, do I have the pain tolerance to like make it all the way to the end? Do I have what it takes? And I think it's less about that. And it's more about like endurance. It's almost like running a marathon, like super non-athletic people run marathons, but they trained for it Mm -hmm. and they ran daily, you know? And so it was one of those things where it was like, I realized it's a lot less about your pain tolerance and a lot more about your mindset. And like, you know, those affirmations saying things like my body was made to do this. Like I was created to like give birth and like, it will do what it needs to do when the time comes type thing. And so it mm-hmm. for me was more of a gradual shift than like an enlightening moment that was like, and now I am ready to give birth. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I totally understand <laughs> that. I, I think, yeah, it's, it is, it does come down to just you trusting that your body is going, is able to do it. And mm-hmm. it is, it is really a mental thing that you have to be like, I can do this. Like I just, yeah. I can do this. Like, yeah, and the yeah. breathing techniques I feel like help tremendously. I really do. Oh yeah. Um. So, how was your pregnancy, and then how were you feeling as you approached your due date? Yeah. So my pregnancy was very similar to the first. Like wonderful, no complications, but again, the terrible sickness the first trimester. Mm-hmm. which to me is like almost unfair. Cause you're like, this is the trimester that I look the least pregnant, mm-hmm. but I feel the most pregnant. And so I like, don't want to like come off as a loser to everyone that just like, doesn't want to do anything. But I also don't want to tell them I'm pregnant yet because it's like right. too early. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, what do you do? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, again, we were you know, already living overseas, I had not gotten a job in between kids, though I had tried. So that was kind of nice, again, not mm-hmm. working and not having those like kind of expectations or stipulations on me where it was like falling behind in work or anything like that. Yeah. I was, but, but I did have a toddler this time. Mm-hmm. So that was hard. Because, <laughs> like I would just wanted, I had, oh, also this was the new thing with this pregnancy is I had a lot of fatigue the first trimester. Like, I just wanted to lie on the couch, not do anything. I wanted to take long naps, which like you can't do when you have yeah. a two-year-old that's like, no. play with me, like take me <laughs> to the park. Like I'm hungry. Um, I'm hungry. <laughs> I, I know. I just felt like such a loser mom the first time. I was like, Ellie, I love you so much. And I'm just going to lay on the couch though. Like, do you want to watch me a <laughs> cats or something? Like, you know, um, <laughs> So yeah, but like, again, second trimester, like literally, I think the day that I was like 13 weeks pregnant, it all went away. And I was like, so thankful for that. Um, Yeah. And something this pregnancy too, I guess, I don't know if it was a mindset shift as well, or if I just was carrying different, but I felt real cute this pregnancy. Like, oh, nice. (laughs) You know, some people like love being pregnant. I'm not one of those people, but I was like, Actually, I was kind of cute this pregnancy. The first pregnancy, I was like, I am a beached whale. Like, this is just the way it's going to be for nine months. But this pregnancy, I got, like, maternity photos done by my friend. And I just felt really lovely the third trimester. But I will say I was carrying our second, like, super, super low. Mm. Um, 
like people talk about the feeling of having a bowling ball between their legs. And I was like, with my first, I was like, I don't know what they're talking about. Oh, with my second, I did like just waddling around the last Mm -hmm. two weeks, just like feeling like absolutely miserable. (laughs) Like (laughs) the week before I was going to have our second, because I just knew, like, I think I knew it was like coming to the end, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so for our second, we, did not find out the gender. We were like, oh, like, it'll be fun to just find out at the birth. Like, Mm -hmm. that'll be like a little added extra, you know, experience. And so, but we were convinced, like beyond the shadow of a doubt that it was a boy. Like I had dreams. It was a boy. My partner had dreams. It was a boy. My sister had dreams. It was a boy. Like (laughs) we were like, all my friends were like, oh, you're carrying solo. It has to be a boy, like blah, 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 blah. Um, the only person that thought it was a girl was my daughter. I would say, you know, Ellie, we're going to have a baby soon. There's a baby in mommy's tummy. Do you think it's going to be a baby sister or baby brother? And she would say, baby sister, baby sister. And her little like <laughs> half British accent. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was like, wishful thinking babes, but it's fine. Um, so yeah, I had not had any Braxton Hicks with this pregnancy, though I had had a lot of Braxton Hicks with my first. So, um, and this baby was due on May 2nd and people always say like, Oh, the second one like comes quicker. The second one comes earlier. And me and my husband just like, did not believe them for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Ellie was like three days late. Um, but really like we think her due date was off. So really she was like a week late. Anyway, we were like, this baby's going to come late, like blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, so it was actually my first daughter, her birthday is April 22nd. Um, but no one was around the week end of her birthday. So we had her birthday party, April 28th, that following weekend. And then later that afternoon is when I, um, started going into labor, like after everyone had left our house, thankfully. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we had had this little brunch birthday for my daughter. It was so lovely. And did a little egg hunt for the kids outside. And um, it was, you know, afternoon-ish time. And I started having some like very light cramping is almost how I would describe it. And I just thought, oh, like, you know, I haven't had any Braxton Hicks this pregnancy. It's a little early, which like, it was like four days early. Like, I think I was a little bit in denial. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, Oh, it's probably just Bracton Hicks because they were super regular, like didn't hurt that bad. And we had planned to go to a barbecue that night at our friend's house. And so, you know, I'm starting to have these like light cramps and my husband's like, okay, it's about, you know, 45 minutes till we're supposed to go over to our friend's house. And I'm like, okay, I think I want to take a shower. And my husband's like, are you serious? Like... (laughs) right now like in the middle of the day I think he was like all right we're not going to get to our friend's house on time you know what I mean yeah. like that kind of thing mm-hmm. um and I was like yeah right now and he's like well okay and in my mind I'm like you know grace grace like he just doesn't know we're gonna have a baby today it's fine like so I think I was like kind of halfway there between like this is really happening and also like and maybe it's just right right um so (laughs) I get in the shower 
no idea how long it was in there. It was bliss. Um, I get out. I like blow dry my hair the whole nine yards. My husband is being so like lovely about it all. He just doesn't even say another word. I'm like, okay. Um, so <laughs> we, we get in the car to go to our friend's house for this barbecue. And, um, he just lives like five minutes from us. So we just drive over to his house and he's got a new grill. We're barbecuing. I ate like a ridiculous amount of wings, like probably like 15 to 20 wings. I was so hungry. <laughs> and now looking back, I'm like, oh, that's so gross. I probably pooped that all out on the table, but that's, no, I don't know. I don't know for sure. No one said that to me, but oh no, you know, no, that's kind of how it shouldn't. goes though. <laughs> uh, well, so anyway, I remember being at his house and like going to the restroom and having like a bit of bloody show and again being like but that still means I could have a baby like three days from now it doesn't right. mean that they're coming right yeah. now so I'm still trying to just like I guess kind of quench expectations and be mm -hmm. like you know this could still be a, a while it's not necessarily happening today and again like I wasn't timing my contractions or anything but they were really light. I was talking through them, interacting with people. Literally nobody knew that I mm -hmm. was having contractions. Like I would listen to just the music that was playing and it would be like three to five songs before I would have another one. So that's how I kind of do like, oh, they're still like 20 minutes apart. Like mm -hmm. it is not happening right now. Um, but eventually this was probably about 6 PM in the evening when we had gone over to our friend's house at around 8, 8.30, I was kind of like, mm, I don't want to be here anymore. Mm -hmm. And I kind of removed myself from the group. We had been playing spades at the table and just chatting it up. And I kind of walk over to the couch and my husband notices that, you know, I'm not having a great time. And he comes over and he says, do you want to go home? And I was like, yeah, I do. And he was like, do you want to go home in like 30 minutes or do you want to go home like now? And I was like, mm, like now. And he says, okay. So we pack it up. We go home. Um, and thankfully my mother-in-law, so Benjamin's mom, um, had come in from the States to be here for both Ellie's birthday and the birth of our second. Mm -hmm. And so she was already here with us, which was wonderful because we go home and we, you know, start up our Netflix show that we've been watching and we we're just watching in the living room. Um, and Ben's mom is watching with us and I, I'm starting to feel these contractions be like a little bit more intense. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just, I'm just going to grab my exercise ball and sit on that and see how this goes. So I'm sitting on my exercise ball. I'm, you know, bouncing, moving, doing all the things they say. And I'm breathing deeply through these contractions and I'm just grabbing Ben's phone and looking at it. And it turns out my contractions are now coming every seven minutes. Mm -hmm. so I'm like okay like this is for real and they're starting to hurt a little bit you know mm -hmm. so I'm like "Ooh, I really need to go to the bathroom like I'm gonna go poop <laughs> 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 which spoiler I did not have the baby on the toilet I think I really just did need to poop I mean I had eaten a lot of wings girl yeah. I'm just saying <laughs> but you know just like when you're at the end of your pregnancy you're like so constipated you just can't poop anyway type uh -huh. deal. And so I went into the bathroom tried to poop didn't work out but I was probably in the bathroom 10 to 12 minutes and while I was on the toilet I had four contractions and then I was like oh, wow. okay you know what I think 
we're getting close to mm-hmm. like time to leave for the hospital. So the instructions they had given me, like leading up to the birth of my second child was like the last couple of appointments they had said to me over and over again, you know, wait until your contractions are about four minutes apart, lasting one minute long for an Mm -hmm. hour and then come into the hospital. But they failed to take two things into account. Number one, that this was my second child. And number two, that I live like a 35 minute drive from the base. Mm -hmm. So all that to say, I come out of the bathroom and I'm talking to my husband and I'm like, well, Ben, was there anything else you wanted to pack in our go bag? Like any more snacks or, you know, things of that nature or whatever. And he's like, no, I think I'm all good. But like, why, why are you asking? And I'm like, well, because I think like, we'll just like go to the hospital at the end of this episode. And he pauses the show and he's like, what? And him and his mom are taken aback because like, up until this point, like I haven't communicated to him like at all that I'm in labor. So he has had like <laughs> no, idea no time to prepare. All, like whatever, four hours that this has been going on. The only thing I had said to him was like, when we were in the car on the way to my friend's barbecue, I had said like, hey, just so you know, I like don't feel that great. I've been having some like cramping. And he goes, oh, like contractions. And I said, mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> because like, you know, at that point I was like, I don't really know. Like, you right. know, I was still like, yeah, it's hard to know if it's it just like your body preparing or if it's the real deal. So <laughs> yeah, I was like, maybe it's just a practice run. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it was the real deal. So <laughs> my poor husband, he's, you know, we're, we're in the middle of this episode of like the diplomat or something. And he's like, excuse me, are you the thing he goes, I said, like, I think we need to go to the hospital at the end of this episode. And he goes, are you in labor? And I said, yes, I am. And he says, are you sure? (laughs) I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Am I sure? Yes. In fact, it's like pretty, pretty bad right now. (laughs) Little do you know. (laughs) Poor guy. He's just the absolute most wonderful husband in the world. But like it was, you know, I had not been communicating to him. It was not his fault. Right. Um, but I was like, yeah, you know, how about I let you time the next couple of contractions and like, we'll, we'll talk about it. And he's like, okay. So I, you know, again, sitting on the exercise ball, I'll let him know when one starts, when it ends and when the next one starts. And so we time three contractions in there, four minutes apart, lasting for about a minute. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to wait to do this for an hour. This is starting to hurt pretty bad. Like I would like to go to the hospital now, like Mm -hmm. right now. (laughs) So we pack all up. We call the hospital to let them know we're coming in. They say, oh, okay. Sounds good. And everything, your timeline, like, and I am in labor while I'm talking to them. So they're saying, you know, what's your name? What's your date of birth? Trying to get my information. And I'm like breathing through these contractions. Like my name is Chelsea Brethler. like telling them my birthday (laughs) between my breaths. And so they can tell like I've been, you know, like active labor. And so she said, okay, so like, how far out are you? And I said, we live in Cambridge. And she goes, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Did you say you live in Cambridge? And I'm, yeah, yeah, I live in Cambridge. And she goes, I'm sorry, are you going to have this baby imminently? And (laughs) I I don't know what she means by that. I'm like, yes, I 
I believe I'm going to have this baby, you know, like tonight or tomorrow morning for sure. It's like, you know, 10 PM at this point. And she goes, no, I mean, are you going to have this baby? Like before you make it to the base hospital? (laughs) And I'm, I say, oh, oh no, ma'am. I no, that's not a problem. I don't think so. And she's like, okay, because like, if so, we'll just redirect you to the hospital that's in Cambridge. But like, if you think you'll make it in, no problem. Like, yeah, just come in. So I say, okay. So, um, we call my doula as well. Um, her name was Kayla, sweet, sweet Kayla. She's a little angel. Um, and we say, you know, like we're heading into the hospital. Her policy is that you need to give her like an hour from when you call her for her to be able to get there. And which Mm -hmm. is like, you know, totally standard. And so she's like, okay, great. And you know, she can hear me breathing through the contractions. She says, you, you know, you sound like you're doing really good. Do you have anything that you can take in the car with you to just distract you? Like, like a tennis ball to grab or like something. And I was like, Oh, I actually don't think I have anything like that. And she says, you know what? I've had clients before just like grab a can of soup to roll on your leg, like literally anything. And I was like, okay, like, like, you know, I'll find something. Well, my sweet mother-in-law goes into the backyard and finds a tennis ball, which like, I don't even know where she got it from. I didn't (laughs) think we owned tennis balls. So maybe it was like literally from the previous tenants. It was disgusting. And so she (laughs) put it in a sock for me. So I, you know, I, <laughs> well, that's a good idea. The, yeah, I'm getting into the car. I'm in active labor. I'm like having to like pause before I get in the car and I have this tennis ball in a sock and I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> and we had, you know, we had talked about, you know, leaving my car for my mother-in-law to like take our daughter out if she wanted to. And so we're in my husband's like little two door sporty BMW um, not thinking about like the fact that I'm going to be in labor in the car. So he's loaded up the baby's car seat, like behind my seat, the passenger seat. And so I'm like crawling into this, like really low, tiny, already BMW. And I have like two feet to like labor in, I feel like, and I'm like, this is going to be absolutely miserable. <laughs> like, oh gosh, <laughs> Why have we made these choices? <laughs> uh, Anyway, so yeah, we we start driving to the base. My lovely husband is driving like as fast as humanly possible. I believe that the speed limit on the motorway is 70 and he was driving like 90. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Well, there was like a very distinct change in my labor between like the halfway mark of being, you know, from our house to the base. And I was like, being a cool cucumber. I was breathing through my contractions. I was letting them roll over me like waves, you know, Mm -hmm. all the things that they say to do. And then I was screaming through my contractions and I was like, this sucks. And (laughs) I was, I remember that I was in the car and I was like, literally praying in between contractions. Like the first time I I was like praying out loud, I was like, Lord, please, when we get there, let me be at least an eight. (laughs) Like this is hurting so bad. Like, oh, um, and then I think the next time I prayed, I was like, Lord, help me. Just help me. I just need help. Um, and I remember just, you know, having this tennis ball in this sock and just like squeezing it 
but there was like no give really, you know, it's a tennis ball Mm -hmm. or like then thinking, Oh, I'll roll it on my leg, but like, it's in a sock. So it's just like, "Ah, ah, ah." (laughs) (laughs) and I was just like, I don't know what the heck this tennis ball is supposed to be doing for me. It's doing nothing for me. (laughs) (laughs) Just like trying to do anything I could to like help myself, you know, at that point. And anyway, so we're, yeah, I'm at the point where I am screaming in the car and I'm starting to have these thoughts where I can tell by where we are on the motorway that we're still about 15 minutes from the base. And I'm starting to feel like I need to throw up. I'm starting to feel like, have these thoughts, like, you know what, maybe I like actually can't do this. Mm -hmm. I am starting to like shake uncontrollably. And like, I know that this is transition, right? So I'm like, Mm -hmm. great, I'm going through transition in the car. Mm. And then I start feeling my body like trying to push and I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I am not about to have this baby in the car. (laughs) (laughs) In this tiny two door car, no. (laughs) I know, I was like, there is nowhere for this baby to go. Like I I have listened to one of your podcasts that you had a guest that did have their baby in the car. And I was like, Mm. oh, what a badass, like kudos to her. But I just, (laughs) absolutely, that's not going to be my story. Like, and I remember though, you know, kind of looking at the road signs, knowing we're about 15 minutes away and thinking like, do I need to like tell Ben to turn off the highway? Because mm-hmm. like, if we are going to have this baby in the car, I don't want to have it going 90 miles per hour down the motorway. Like yeah. I would much rather have it like in a grassy field somewhere, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. So I see this turn off sign and I'm thinking that's probably, you know, our last chance before we go to the hospital. And so I have all these things, you know, just swirling in my brain and I'm trying to portray to my husband, like the severity of the situation without saying like, Hey, listen, I'm about to push, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm like, what words can I use to like, so I think the only thing I ended up saying was like, baby, you better keep driving. You better just keep driving. (laughs) (laughs) The poor man is like already going 90. So he's kind of like, yeah, no duh. But (laughs) those are the words that came out of my mouth instead of like, hey, I'm pushing, you know what I mean? that's about as subtle as I can make it, I guess. Like, <laughs> um, so anyway, he, you know, is being wonderful. He's doing the things our doula tried to tell him, which was like, you know, hard touch, not soft touch. So he's like grabbing my arm and squeezing and I'm like, thank you, but no, thank you. Um, so anyway, we, we, you know, we get to the base, we get through the gate. There's not a long line of cars or anything because it's not the morning, thank God. And so we get to the entrance of the hospital. It's basically the same emergency entrance would be the entrance we would go to go up to labor and delivery. Mm-hmm. But I know from like having walked to labor and delivery before, like how far it is from the car. And he's literally parked in the closest space possible, except for parking in like the emergency vehicle parking. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I'm like, I'm never going to get there. (laughs) And (laughs) I was wearing this dress and I, it was cold. So I had like been wearing leggings and everything underneath it. And while we were in the car, because I was like, you know, having this urge to push, I had like already peeled off like my leggings, my underwear and everything, because I was like, again, if we're going to have this baby in the car, you know, 
Yeah. Like I <laughs> need, I need to, to be prepared. wear my pants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I um I remember just having these thoughts in the car the whole time is like, if I get to the hospital, they'll just help me. If I just get to the hospital, they'll they'll help me. But like unlike my first, my thoughts this time were like more like if I get to the hospital, medical professionals will deliver my baby instead of my husband having to do it in the car. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so we get there, he parks, he comes around to try and help me out of the car. And I say, look, babe, I'm not going to make it. Like, so he calls the number here is 999 for emergencies. Um, they're asking all the wrong questions. They're like, is the patient breathing? He's like, I just need you to come out of the hospital right now. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, I'm like realizing he's not getting anywhere. So in between contractions, I'm like, Ben, I think we can run. Like, let's just start running. So there's this in between our car and the entrance to the hospital, there's this little cobblestone path. So in between contractions, we start running down this path and we get about 20 yards And I started to have a contraction again. And there's this little grassy patch, like literally right in front of the door. And I'm like, you know, if I'm going to have this baby outside, I'm going to have it in the grass and not on the concrete. So (laughs) I get down on all fours in the grass. I am screaming through this contraction. I feel my water just burst. And I'm like, oh man, it is go time. Like (laughs) this is happening. Like, Oh my gosh. Thankfully, my husband, you know, ran up, banged on the ER door, got them to come out. They come out with, you know, the little wheelchair and everything. And I remember they kept saying, like, how far along is she? How far along is she? And Ben, sweet Ben, did not understand. He was just like, she's pretty far along. Like, she's going to have this baby. And they kept saying, how far along is she? How far along is she? And he just couldn't answer them. And so once my contraction was over, I was like, I am 40 weeks pregnant. They're like, great, take her to labor and delivery. (laughs) And I think like in hindsight, like they were asking that because like, if you're before a certain point, they'll take you to the ER versus taking you to labor and delivery. But like Mm -hmm. in the moment, Ben's like, why are they asking me that? Like, I need you to just help me right now. Yeah, I have no idea how many, like how... Like when she's going to have the baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, uh, could be any time now, guys. Um, so yeah, anyway, I remember I was so thankful that I was in the wheelchair. And at the same time, I was like, oh, sitting again, this labor is going to suck. But I just remember having my eyes closed the whole time, then wheeling me in, going up the elevator, wheeling me in to a room. And the I feel the wheelchair stop and I open my eyes and I'm like two feet away from the bed and labor delivery. They say, okay, we need you to like hop into this bed in between contractions. And I'm like, okay. So I hop in the bed and you know, all these like nurses come in, they're rushing around me and they're like trying to do my, like, I guess intake forms as I'm like laboring on the bed, you know? And they were like, I'm so sorry. I'm going to add to your pain. Like I'm going to have to stick in your IV. And I just give the woman my arm. I'm like, you know what lady least of my worries right now. (laughs) (laughs) I am not like concentrated on that at all. Like they're, you know, asking me my name and my date of birth and all this crap. And they're saying, Oh, what are we having? And we're like, we don't know. It's a surprise. Oh my gosh. It's a surprise. It's a surprise. It's going to be so much fun. Blah, blah, blah. Like (laughs) they're like all these little mother hens, like, you know, just gaggling. And 
someone goes, you know, do you mind if I check you? And I'm like, please do. And they say, oh, she's complete. And then they go, okay, well, I'm so sorry, but the only thing we can offer you is gas and air. Would you like that? And I'm like, yes, please. But like, it was just too late at that point. Like literally they told me I was complete in the next contraction. Like I was pushing mm-hmm. and I assumed that they knew that I was pushing because they had told me I was complete, but also because I was like making pushing noises, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I was like my, I stopped screaming and I was more like, Ugh! you know, and, mm-hmm. but everyone's just like continuing to like swirl around me, do whatever they're doing. <laughs> like, not that they were ignoring me, mm-hmm. right. They're doing their jobs, but they're not helping me push, you know? So mm-hmm in between that contraction and the next one, I'm like, I got to get these people's attention. Like, so I go, help, help, help. I'm pushing. I'm pushing. They go, Oh my gosh, she's pushing. (laughs) Everyone like gathers around and they're like, they're like, call the ER doc, call the ER doc. Like they call down, they say the ER doc is unavailable. We're sending senior airmen so-and-so. And in military language, that basically means they're sending an ER tech up Mm -hmm. to deliver this baby. And there's already like you know, OB nurses in the room. And so they just kind of look at each other and they go, they pick one of them. They go, well, Michelle, I guess you're delivering this baby today. She goes, <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> oh so, my gosh. Um. Anyway, the ER nurse did make it up in time and did um, help deliver the baby. But basically, yeah, I only pushed like three times And I remember my sweet, sweet husband, like when we had had our doula over for like, you know, prenatal appointments, she had talked all about our birth plan, what we wanted, what we didn't want. And she filled out the sheet that she can then give to the hospital and they can look at. And so one of the things I had said was like, when it came time to push, I didn't want to be on my back. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, that sounds like the worst position to be in. Like, I want to be, you know, on all fours or like if I must be on the bed, maybe on my side, but ideally I'd be squatting. Like, I don't know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, here I am on my back, like literally pushing this baby out. And my sweet husband's like tapping one of the nurses on the shoulder. And he's like, um, so we had talked about that. Like, maybe she didn't want to be on her back while she's pushing. And he's like trying to advocate for me. And the nurse is like, I'm sorry, dude, this baby's coming out right now. Like you see the head. (laughs) it's too late (laughs) I know I'm like man kudos to you Ben like for like really trying to like advocate for me but like I could not have cared less at that point no (laughs) it's just like happening so quickly like it Mm -hmm. was insane so yeah I, I pushed like with three contractions and the third time they just started coaching me through the pushing they were like okay, like she's halfway out. You just need to give it all you've got, like just finish it off basically. And I was like, okay. And so I just pushed and she was out like, and people talk about like the ring of fire. I didn't feel that maybe because it was too fast. I don't Mm -hmm. know. I'm so thankful because literally that's the part that I was like the most nervous about. Mm -hmm. Um, And also I, I'm so thankful because like, I thought that pushing a baby out of your vagina naturally would be awful and it is but to me it felt more like pushing out a massive poo like Mm -hmm. than you know pushing something out of yeah anyway so that was 
less scary than I thought it would be well, at that good. point. Like <laughs> you've been through the, you know, you've been through the ringer, yeah. like you've been through the hardest part of it. Like mm-hmm. the pushing is like kind of relieving. Cause you like, then you're like going to see the baby at that point. Yeah. You know? It's so true. Yeah. So your body was like body so was like, ready, like so ready. <laughs> Just get, yeah. you, you've almost been like holding her in at that point. So <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I felt like my body was doing half the work anyway. So yeah, my, yeah. the nurses are all looking around. They're going, what is it? What is it? And one nurse was like poking her head in between everyone. And I said, oh man, one of these nurses is about to tell me the gender of my child before my husband does. So I look at my husband. Yeah, Ben, what is it? <laughs> so he he has to take a look look around he says it's a girl and we were like shocked we were like no we thought it was a boy (laughs) (laughs) so I mean we and we absolutely adore her her name is Kaylin Joy and we like literally fought over her name until we were leaving the hospital and I like remember there was a little wipe off board that said, you know, the names of our nurses and like her weight and stuff. And it was like baby's name and it was just blank forever. And I finally just wrote Kaylin Joy. And I was like, what I have written, I have written. I'm like, <laughs> it's a, it's an erase board. So if you want to go up there and change it, like you technically can, but like, <laughs> I just pushed this baby out with no pain meds. So like, I dare you, you know? <laughs> Um, so yeah, she's like a little joy. I remember our, um, the OB, so the ER nurse ended up delivering the baby. The OB was on call and he lived on the base, but he was just not going to make it in time. Mm -hmm. So, um, he showed up after the baby was born to stitch me up because they were like, oh, we think you have like a minor tear. And he looks at me and he delivers the placenta and he goes, well, didn't tear at all. So bye. And he just like walked <laughs> off. And I was like, oh, <laughs> dream. <laughs> so he was literally there for like five minutes, I think. And then, and then they go, they take their head and they go, um, your doula Kayla is here. And I was like, oh yeah, bring her back. <laughs> <laughs> A little late, but she did make it. <laughs> Like she kind of lives, you know, equidistant, like to the base as we do, just in a different town. And in my mind, I was like, you know, she probably left her house like right when we called her. She just wasn't driving 90 miles per hour down right. the motorway. So <laughs> why Very she made true. it. So um, yeah, it was a bit wild. Um, but I remember it was so nice because, you know, with the epidural, you have the catheter, you have all this stuff. Mm-hmm. I remember just not really feeling like myself until like six months postpartum, like Mm -hmm. six months, you know? And with Kaylin, I was just chatting everyone up. I was on cloud nine. My husband was like looking around. He couldn't stop smiling at everybody. It was just (laughs) like this beautiful moment of like, what have we just done? Like that was the most intense hour of our lives. Like, and, um, my doula was like, you know, um, if you want to, like, you can take a shower, like in the next hour, like if you ask them, they'll help you. And that'll feel like really good. And so I remember like, the next time that they like, because, you know, initially, they put her on your chest, and they let you try and mm-hmm. breastfeed and have like the golden hour and everything. Um, but the next time they came back to do her vitals or whatever, I was like, can I take a shower? And they were like, yeah, cool. Like, and that was just oh, so delightful. Just like, being in the shower and washing my own body off and 
being like, you know, I feel like I felt like myself again, like two weeks after she was born, as opposed to like six months, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Just so wild, the differences between the two. Um, And so, yeah, it was just crazy and wonderful. My husband and I were like looking at the timeline later and he's like, okay, we called labor and delivery like 50 minutes before she was born. And then we left the house like 40 minutes before she was born. And so normally that's a 35 minute drive, but because he was driving 90 miles per hour, he made it in 27 minutes. So he's like, we got to the hospital and called 999 13 minutes before she was born. And then like, that's when things get a little dicey because it's like, we don't really know the timeline after that, you Mm -hmm. know, because it was like a blur, but we kind of assume it took us like five to seven minutes to actually get into the hospital like right yeah like we were like on I was like laboring on the grass and like screaming and my water was breaking and whatever Mm -hmm. and so like we're like we were in the hospital for eight minutes before she was born (laughs) like realistically (laughs) so like on the one hand like that was crazy I never want to do that again and on the other hand I'm like that is the dream. Like who wants to be in (laughs) the hospital laboring for like five plus hours? No, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I was having a barbecue with my friends. I was watching Netflix. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) A couple hours before. Like I will say though, like that, that driving the car, man, that was not a fun time. Would not recommend. Absolutely would not. But I think it was just like, I was just so thankful to like, the Lord, because I think like, it's just a miracle. Like everything is just a miracle. Like it's a miracle that like, I didn't have the baby in the car. It's Mm -hmm. a miracle that my water didn't break in the car. It broke outside on the grass, like Mm -hmm. little to no cleanup. How convenient. Like it's a miracle that like medical professionals delivered my baby. Like, Mm -hmm. and I just remember even leading up to the birth, there were like so many things I had like prayed for. And I had like prayed that like, I would be able to like not tear mm-hmm. I w- had prayed that like I would be able to go like completely med free and I had just prayed for a quick delivery and like I got all of those things and mm-hmm. I was just like wow thank you Jesus that you like <laughs> made amazing. that situation like everything I could have asked for and right more. like I'm so thankful that's, um so that's awesome it's really wild. And I feel like everyone I tell, they're like, wow, like you're such a gangster, like well done. And like, I am like really proud of myself. And at the same time, I think probably everyone that's birth naturally would say the same, but like, mm-hmm. it almost was like an out of body experience, like mm-hmm. not completely. Cause like I did feel the pain of it. And like, yes, I remember that. And it hurt like heck, like I will not lie to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think that it feels really like something that happened like to me. Like I had little to no control over mm-hmm. what was happening to me other than the way that I was responding to it. You know what I right. mean? Yes, exactly. And so mm-hmm. I think that was the difference between the two births as well is like um just like how I responded to like the pain of labor the first time with mm-hmm. like no prep work and just like assuming I would get medication versus like how I was responding and handling the pain the second time where like again it hurt like bad and it was not fun in the moment but then afterwards being like wow I 
I made it through that. Like I endured, like that is amazing that my body did that and like pushed her out naturally. And like, I'm like, how did I push for three hours and have perennial massage with my first and tear and push for eight minutes with my second with nothing and not tear? Like, I think Mm -hmm. that's just like, because your body was made to do it. You know, I think it's just a testament to like, yeah, what can happen when you, when you choose to try that route. So Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think um, obviously you did the research and you knew what to do in that circumstance. Um, But like being in control of your body, whereas like the first time you're just like, this hurts, I don't know what to do. Like you kind of just like lose control and, you know, you just want someone to take the pain away (laughs) for you. But being in control of it and being ahead of like the contractions, it's it really does like completely change your mindset and it makes it. I guess more manageable is the best word for it, but yeah, it's, it's wild what your mind can do in that situation. Yeah. And I really think again, like kind of like we were saying earlier, I would just like to encourage anyone who is like thinking about a natural birth or listening to this podcast right now that like, it really is not about your pain threshold is really not mm-hmm. about like, you know, don't think, Oh, can I do it? Can I not like you can. And it really is just about your mindset Mm -hmm. and just choosing to say like, I'm going to do this, like come Mm -hmm. what may. And again, it's not fun. Like I remember my friend who had just given birth that had a doula. She said, I was in such a state when I was in the hospital, I was angry at everybody. And my doula was like, I'm sorry. Did you think this was going to be like a fun experience or something? <laughs> like, yeah, kind of. Cause like, you know, you do all these research and you listen to all these natural birthing podcasts and you like, you know, jazz yourself up for like a natural birth and like, Oh, it hurts, but it is so good. And it is so mm-hmm. worth it. I mean, I, I fully think that it's worth it. So, mm-hmm. and that you can get through it as long as your mindset is like, yeah, my body is made to do this and I can do this. And, um, yeah. So yeah, no, I love that. And I absolutely agree with everything you said. I mean, I think it's more even about like the afterward feeling of just like that high. It is like so worth everything you went through because it's yeah. just such a great feeling to be like, oh my gosh, I did it. Like you really appreciate like that baby coming out that much mm-hmm. more because you're just like I can't believe I just did this and here's a baby like yeah. it's just and you're completely <laughs> with it and you know it's just yeah it's such a cool experience so yeah I agree like if somebody has any inkling or like or any desire whatsoever to do it naturally it's like do it <laughs> just yeah, do it you can you can yeah, exactly oh my sure. gosh well how has um postpartum been for you you have a little oh, tiny glorious. one yeah. <laughs> so yeah, again, with like, with Ellie, it was just a long process getting back to like feeling like myself. I remember, like, I think they kept us in the hospital for two nights, three days, just because she was our first and she mm-hmm. didn't have any complications or anything like that. But like, I remember three days after being home. So maybe like six days after birth or seven being like, let's go on a little walk to like the mailbox, which like, was just a, a a tiny bit down our street. And we literally walked down the driveway and I was like, I'm done. No, like take me back to the house. Like I can't mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I know that sounds awful, but like, I just couldn't walk any further than that. Yeah. And, and with my second, it, she was born April 29th. Um, again, we had left the house at like 
10 p.m. She was born at like 11, 12 or something like that. She was like, yeah, it was ridiculous, um, I guess. And the following week was Cinco de Mayo. And my husband and I went to like Cinco de Drinco with our friends. And we were like house hopping from house to house and like eating tacos and like drinking margaritas and just like <laughs> just a total different experience from my first, you know, because mm -hmm. again, like the after effects, I don't really know so much. I guess I should do more research of like how the epidural affects you, but mm -hmm. I think it just affected me for a much longer time than I realized just with recovery and everything and having mm -hmm. to have the catheter and all of that stuff, because yeah, I just was like, basically, I wouldn't say back to normal, but feeling pretty good after having Kaylin and mm -hmm. my husband, you know, um, has had some paternity leave. And so we like the first two weeks, we just were at home, like being a little family, but the third week, his third week off, like, again, we live in the United Kingdom in Cambridge, we rented a camper van and we went to the, like the Scottish Highlands and we were like hiking around and strapped the kids to us and just like really <laughs> enjoying ourselves. That's so, awesome. Wow. Again, big proponent for like, if you would like a quicker recovery or you would like to, you know, start feeling more like yourself sooner after birth, like a natural, like medication free is like definitely the way to go. Like, yeah, 100% would recommend. So <laughs> yeah. Wow. So how can our listeners get in touch with you? If they have any questions? Yeah. So I guess I'm not a big social media person. I'm just a curmudgeon old lady these days. <laughs> they can always feel free to email me. Um, my email is just chelsea.ray.butler at gmail.com. And I can give you the spelling of that and stuff as well. But yeah, I'm happy to chat with anyone who is like interested in knowing more about natural birth or even mm -hmm. just want to chat about anything. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. Well, thank yeah. you so much for coming on and sharing your stories and congratulations again. Thank you so much. Thank you for having <laughs> me. Great story. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. And if you are enjoying the podcast, please give it a five-star rating and review wherever you listen. And if you want more content and more episodes, you can subscribe. Just click the link in the show notes. And don't forget to follow on Instagram at Birth Naturally. Have you guys heard of Love Every? The first time I heard about them was in Jenna's episode, which was all the way back in episode 13. She told us about these products that she was using for her baby, and she mentioned that she didn't even have to buy any other toys or books because she got all of that in these play kits. So they produce educational toys, books, and games, and their subscription boxes. So their toys are built to last and made with sustainably harvested wood, organic cotton, non-toxic paint, and baby-safe plastics. So you don't have to worry about the toys at all. They're completely safe. They're actually Montessori-focused toys, and they're really good for babies and kids' brain development. So they actually now have four-year-old play kits, and you can save 10% when you prepay for these play kits for children three and older. So you can just head to the show notes and use the link to save on these amazing products.